And we're back, folks, with another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And, boy, it is that time, the time we've been talking about for, boy, a year. Prospects finally able to come on campus for official visits, unofficials too. Coaches able to lay eyes on them. Players, prospects, and their families able to visit the facilities. That is what opens up in June. And at Michigan, like seemingly everywhere else, it is going to be a jam-packed recruiting month. We are here to unpack it for you, or at least to start. Here on the latest edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider, I want to remind you, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Joining me as they do every single week, the crew. Starting off first with Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you today? Going great, guys. Hope you guys are well. Absolutely. And then, of course, Bryce Marich, who is learning that hard lesson. And once you move out of an apartment into a house, then guess what? You're the maintenance man. You got to fix everything, Bryce. And how's that going so far? I'm going to take back what I said last week about the Tim Allen thing. I, I wasn't ready for that statement. I didn't know it was going to come that fast, you know? So, yeah, I'm learning as we go. Yeah, yeah, here you are, right? And so, speaking of things coming together fast, the quarterback recruiting board for Michigan, changing quite rapidly for some time we were focused or the focus shifted mostly to Nate Johnson to the point guys where I mean look Nate Johnson was about as as safe and as sure a a crystal ball if you're going to go out on a ledge and and make one make a pick Nate Johnson would be a guy that you would do it with right but really feels like Bryce here over the last few weeks the pendulum has kind of shifted in other directions there yeah so you know I think for them it's one of those cases where they don't want to put all eggs in one basket sort of thing they want to just in case see what's out there I think with this new recruiting staff and the new coaches they want to take a peek and see what are other options that's not to say they don't like Nate Johnson because obviously they love him He's going to be coming up on a visit, official official visit up in June. Kid, I think he just ran, I don't know, but the kid can fly. He Basically, can just all you need to know, he can fly. You know, I mean, you watch his highlights. But the thing with him, too, some people wonder if he's quarterback. And I think that's maybe the question with him. It's not to say he can't play it, but it's just to say, is he more of an athlete than a quarterback? So Michigan's taking other options. They're looking at other options. One of them is Connor Harrell. He's a quarterback out of uh, Alabama, which Michigan's been extremely prevalent in that state. Um, 6'1", 191. The guy's a winner, Sam. He won the class uh, 7'8 title. He threw for over 3,500 yards, 42 touchdowns, and three interceptions. On top of that, he ran for six touchdowns himself. Um, it's not the biggest guy, but in terms of you watch him play, he's a pocket passer, but he can still move. Kind of like a Russell Wilson, smaller, but dynamic still. Um, what's intriguing about him, too, you look at his offer list, he's got several offers. But the ones sticking out to him are huge academic schools. He takes academics, extremely important, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, Duke, all high in his book, all schools he wants to check out. Michigan just offered him over the weekend. Matt Wise has been talking with him. Ashawn Larkins has been really 
a factor in that recruitment as well. And he's a guy that will be coming up on unofficial and he won't be throwing it from the coaches. I think that's one thing they're going to want to see is how does he look in person now that they can see that sort of thing. That's going to be a big factor moving forward of who you turn up on, you know, who you turn the heat up on compared to who you turn it down with as well. Yeah. I want to make it clear. Look, I, I lodged a crystal ball from, for Nate Johnson, which is why I mentioned it. He was, things were really, really trending up for Michigan in that recruitment. And it's not to say that Steve, that things have died down. It's just that, you know, if I start out at a crystal ball of six, I'm ready to drop that down to, to maybe a four uh, because the board has opened up. And, you know, Connor Harrell is an interesting comparison because Nate Johnson's abbreviated season was up and down. He did have a big, a, one really big passing game where he threw for over 400 yards and had another 60 or so yards rushing. But that was like Connor Harrell multiple weeks during the season. He put up big stats, and this was his first year. As a starter, you know, Nate Johnson had he had been he had been the guy before. This was, you know, last year was a coming out party for Connor Harrell, which is why maybe people didn't know as much about him. But boy, did he ever hit the ground running uh, in a huge way. And it's not just Michigan, you know, him catching Michigan's attention. Carolina, for instance, just offered Steve and that's becoming really contested recruitment now. I loved him. When I turned him on film, um, but apparently we love all three-star guys uh, that we evaluate on the board. No, he he jumped out to me right away. Uh, the thing I really liked about him is, you know, as Bryce said, he's capable of escaping and making plays out of the pocket, but he wasn't somebody who was utilizing or manipulating the pocket to try to get out and run. Uh, he always kind of makes, or at least in his highlight package, made the right choice to either run or pass the football. You know, and that's an underrated trait for athletic guys because a lot of times they just want to use their athleticism and get out and run the football, you know. And, and again, a lot of them that they end up making plays, they're usually one of the best athletes on the field. Uh, but, yeah, I really liked Harold. And you talk about the academic schools that are kind of up top for him, you know, much longer offer list than that, though, right? You, did, you talked about Carolina. You had Tennessee's already offered, Nebraska. I mean, there's some other programs in there that have offered. You know, I think Michigan positions themselves nicely being sort of that athletic-academic combo, you know, that a Northwestern, a Duke, or a Vanderbilt can kind of offer. So, yeah, I know this was a guy I think maybe they had their eye on for a little bit. I think the fact that they moved forward, uh, you know, they haven't offered Justin Martin the Cal commit yet to my knowledge. Right. So, you know, I think this guy being the next offer or, the, or another offer period says that they're more than open to the idea now of taking somebody not named Nate Johnson, where for a long time, no new offers went out. We weren't hearing anything about any other targets really as far as them putting any effort in. Uh, it felt like it was going to be Nate Johnson when he came to campus uh, in the second weekend of June. Now it looks pretty, I wouldn't say wide open, but it definitely looks like they're open to other options. Yeah, it's it's fair to say, uh, and I think any any observer, any neutral observer, would say that Connor Harrell is is more refined as a as a passer right now. Both are are guys who can really move, can extend plays. You would give Nate Johnson the the Nate Johnson is an elite athlete. I mean, you're talking about mid tens in the hundred meter blazing fast 
athlete. Uh, Connor Harrell is a really good athlete in his own right, legit 4 or 5, 40 guy. Uh, but you aren't asking the question about whether or not Connor Harrell is going to be a quarterback long-term at the college level. I think you do have some scouts saying, not Michigan, not Michigan, but you do have some scouts wondering that. And you you just look at the trajectory of Harrell's season. Like I said, he didn't, you know, as a, as a sophomore, he didn't play. I mean, this was really a true coming out party last year. And, hell, he goes out early in the season, and he has like a 400-yard game. And that's when Pruitt from Tennessee offered him. And you started to see from there some other offers trickle through. You get the you get your Dukes, you get your UVAs, but compare that to compare that to um, Nate Johnson as his season unfolded, and we haven't seen that same trickle of scholarships come in. And, and to me, that that's really telling. The more games Connor Harrell played, the more you saw scholarships start to stack. the The more we saw, and this was in the springtime, Nate Johnson's season unfold. It just stayed stagnant. And so, again, I think it has everything to do with the belief that Connor Harrell is going to be a quarterback at the next level. Uh, I think Michigan believes Nate Johnson uh, will be a quarterback at the next level. I just think that maybe Connor Harrell is a little closer to to being able to be a guy at that level than Nate Johnson is. Hard not to agree. I mean, that's you know, that's that's what we were all kind of waiting to see how Johnson's spring season would go. Right. I mean, that was the thing in California. We didn't get to see any of these kids that they've offered recruited or anything, you know, and I just, I just checked Harold's offer sheet and yeah, I mean, tons of offers since February. That's really where he's gotten almost all of them. You know, it was about February on there were a few schools early on that did offer, but yeah, February, March, April, you know, pretty much been the uh, consistent months where he's, he's seen the bulk of his offers come in. So, and like you said, still coming in, mm-hmm. you know, Michigan did just offer Carolina offered the day before Arizona state also just said recently offered within the last week or two. So you also got to kind of wonder, maybe, you know, he's not done. You know, we talked a little bit, we've talked a little bit in the past about 22, not being the greatest cycle at quarterback um, that combined with the fact that we've also been saying between McCarthy and we know Michigan's going to go all in on Dante Moore in 2023. That this would be the kind of cycle to take a a, a flyer on a high ceiling, dual threat kind of quarterback. You know, because Michigan, I mean, feels like Michigan's only recruiting Dante Moore in 2023, <laughs> um, right? I mean, uh, yeah. you know, even though even though we know Notre yeah. Dame is high on Dante Moore, also they're recruiting Arch Manning, they're recruiting some other guys. You know, Michigan, it feels like they they offered Dante Moore like. Uh, four years ago it feels like he was like in sixth grade just about right uh when they all you know what i mean it's been forever so you know i think so michigan in a position to take i think and, and look at a guy that that weiss specifically feels like can be a guy you know well the lamar jackson thing right i mean that's really what we feel like they've been looking for that i feel like that's what we thought they would were maybe hoping to see out of nate johnson in his junior film and and it's not we're not sure if that's come to fruition or not so you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a situation where that junior film, you know, with COVID, this is this is what happens is that spring film became very important. And now Michigan, like I said, open to taking some other guys and looking at others. Yeah, it's a great point, Steve. And it also I think if you look back on some of our podcasts and go back to the conversations that we were having when they made the offensive staff hires and talking about Matt Weiss and what that hire was about. 
it very much it very much is obviously about the the quarterback position and having a dedicated quarterback coach but he part of that hire as i said at the time at the time was to really install more of the ravens run game it is as much about that as anything in my opinion and the quarterbacks that they're recruiting in this cycle are indicative of that so i'm you look back at the spring and you hear about what they were saying about Jay. This is the, this is one of the attributes that JJ McCarthy. And I look, no one is going to say JJ is a, is a runner, right? But he does open up more of the running game of the QB run game than the other guys, and that was a, that was something that really really stood out. And I think it maybe emboldened them even more to say, man, let's let's go get some more of this element in this cycle if we can. But to your point. Uh, as you look about uh, talk about Dante Moore, I, you're right, Steve. I noticed the same thing. All the eggs do seem to be in that basket at this point. I understand it on one hand, and then you warn against it, you caution against it on the other. There's every reason to believe that Michigan is the team to beat for for Dante Moore. The kid grew up in a house. His dad is a huge Michigan fan. His quarterback trainer is Devin Gardner. They have been recruiting him forever, as you said very familiar with the program. They have prioritized him. I think, and again, this is my belief, he's a team, and it's not, and it's a worthwhile investment, not just because of his physical talent, but if you talk to the coaches at King, they are have truly invested in his development. It is as much about developing Dante more as it is winning games. And you guys know this, coaches can make choices. It's all about winning games. I don't care about how it looks about for your you know, your future prospects, they could, man, you know, they could run zone read the whole game and, and, you know, not throw any complex whole field reads, RPO game. They could not do any of that and win the PSL, but they made it a concert. They made a concerted effort to say, we are going to install these elements into the offense. So we are growing his game during the season as well. We can win like this. It may be, you know, he, there may be some mistakes that are incurred, but we are going to make sure that we err on the side of development. And we we don't think the errors will be plentiful enough to set us back on the field. And so far, they've been right. Dante Moore has been fantastic, and he's been fantastic all while they are giving him a really complex, you know, play sheet compared to some maybe some quarterbacks that they've had in the past, Bryce. Yeah, you know, I've seen him in seven on sevens, seven on seven uh, settings too, and he just—it it looks effortless, looks flawless. I mean, the way he throws the ball and stuff. And one of the biggest, I guess, things I've heard people say about his game is, can he run? You know, because you watch the film, he can make every throw, he can fit in at any window, but can he move? And I tell them to shut up. I mean, this is a top ten talent in the twenty twenty three class. 24-7 sports ranked the top 25 guys in the last several cycles. He was in it. So I don't care if he can run or not. I know he can run, but he can throw with the best of them. And he's one of the best quarterbacks I've seen since covering Michigan or any school. Um, so that shouldn't be a problem. He should be a guy I would go all in on. I get why you'd be nervous about that. But at the same time, he's the kid that it's worth it. And I think the payoff and the reward – is higher than the risk. See, but I, I don't think what I, I think they can ill afford to do, and, and Steve, this I don't know if you're making this point or not. 
I, I don't think you can put it all on him. I mean, you, you recruit him harder than anyone else, but you don't recruit him to the exclusion of everyone else. Like, you got to have other guys on your board. Anything can happen in recruiting. Uh, I mean, he could wind up, who knows, not, not liking his – I don't want to make up a scenario, but there could be any number of scenarios that arise that suddenly make this thing more of a battle than maybe you anticipated. So you gotta have you gotta have a board. I mean, you, put it this way: Is he only looking at Michigan? Is Dante Moore only looking at Michigan? So if Dante Moore, if he was only looking at Michigan, he'd be committed, right? Can you afford as at Michigan? You need a quarterback in that in that cycle. Can you afford to look at only him? You can afford to look at mostly him. You can you can have five coaches on him. You know, it better be it better be Clink, it better be Ron, it better be Sharon, it better be Matt Weiss, it better be Gaddis, it better be Harbaugh. They all better have a hand in it. But to to say that you aren't going to recruit another quarterback, how can you do that without him saying he committed? Like if he committed, you could do that. But can you can you focus all your effort or energy on one quarterback when he hasn't committed yet, Steve? I, I just I don't think you can do that. No, the, I think the, the one good thing in that regard is that 23 feels a lot deeper than 22 does. So I think what they can do is they can find guys that would be adequate or uh, you know above adequate, like guys that would fit or could play quarterback at Michigan without going the route. You know, like I said, I thought it was interesting that Notre Dame kind of got mentioned in the Arch Manning stuff because I think that, you know, Michigan can separate themselves from, from the, you know, because I think that we know the talk I think is going to be who's number one between Malachi Nelson Arch mm-hmm. Manning, Dante Moore, all three are ranked in the top 10. Malachi Nelson looks like a heavy Oklahoma lean. So you got Arch Manning, you got Dante Moore. If I'm Michigan, I stay out of the Arch Manning stuff. You've, I mean, we know he's not he's not going to go north anyway, most likely. But I would just stay out of it, period. And then maybe offer some guys that aren't quite ranked as highly, you know. Because I, you know, with Notre Dame, really kind of been the school most mentioned, I think, at least early on, as far as Michigan's biggest competition for more. I thought them being mentioned in Arch, the Arch Manning thing was interesting too, and and puts in a situation where Michigan can look Dante Moore in the eye and say, "Hey, you're number one on our board." Absolutely, not even close. Yeah, man, I you sort know. of look at it like, I mean, Donovan Edwards was the number one running back on their board. Right. He wasn't the right. only running back they recruited. Absolutely, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I just that's dangerous, man. It is. It's, it that's is. dangerous. I so. suspect we suspect they'll. They'll. I'm sure they're. You know. Because like actually, Nelson's really the, they did offer uh, the kid out of Massachusetts a long time ago. I don't know if they're still recruiting him at all. Will William Watson, uh, but otherwise, Malachi Nelson's literally the only other quarterback they've offered so far in twenty three. So, yeah. you know, and again, they're not recruiting him. He's not going to Michigan. He's probably going to Oklahoma. So, really, as of right now, uh, feels like he is the only guy they're kind of targeting. So, it'll I like we just, we suspect. Right. That they'll offer a couple other guys at least, but you know it is interesting though. Here's the point. Here, here's the point to me though, Bryce. To get back, toss the ball back to you. The, there can be no confusion. No one can recruit Dante more harder than Michigan. It cannot happen. Every single recruiting period, someone has to be camped out, or someone has to stop by King to see him. I mean, that, you, you have to have a consistent sort of call schedule where someone's on the phone or Zoom with, with Dante Moore. So don't mistake me saying they can't 
only recruit Dante Moore. Me saying that they have to have some other guys on the board with me saying that, oh, he's just like, no. He has to be the guy you're on the hardest, and it can't be any question. No one can out-recruit. No one can recruit Dante Moore as hard as you if you're Michigan. I'm not saying you got to be the clingy girlfriend, but you got to kind of have a little something. You got to be a little clean, just a little to let them know, hey, we ain't looking at any other, you know, anyone else. This is all you. Like Steve said, we're number one. (laughs) But to pivot back to 2022, yes, Nate Johnson, I feel like at one point was the clear number one. Interesting enough, Steve brought up Justin Martin. He's another kid we should just briefly talk about. He doesn't have an offer. 64210 from Inglewood, California. He's a top 247 quarterback. He's actually rated higher than both of them. Mm-hmm. He's a kid that uh, Steve Casula, the offensive analyst, first got in contact with earlier this month, carried that over to Courtney Morgan, who's been in communication with him. Mm-hmm. And I talked with uh, Justin about that. And he said, Listen, I really like Coach Morgan. I like how he's from the area. And he actually understands me because he gets coming from California to Michigan. So he kind of gave me a little of his background, made it tell me, hey, this is how it would be if you did decide to come here. Committed to Cal back in January. Michigan is recruiting him. They haven't offered. That's key. They offered Connor Harrell over Justin Martin. Martin is looking to come up here, possibly camp, at least throw for the coaches. That could result into an offer. But like you said, Sam, the coaches know – you do need to have a clear number one, and that's with anything. But you can't have no one else on the board. And I think you're seeing that 2022. Obviously, yeah. it was Nate Johnson. They looked at it and they said, wait a minute. Let's let's back it up. Let's see what else is out there. Justin Martin, Connor Harrell. Those are two names to know. And who knows? They could be the quarterback of the class. All right. That's a great sort of halfway point as we start to talk about guys coming to campus month of June will be bananas and it's from the very beginning of the month. So we'll take a break and come back on the other side and sort of preview the opening week of the recruiting period for the University of Michigan. We'll do that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, fellas, uh, we've been looking forward to this for some time. It is going to be fun to, (laughs) to really, a fun month of June is Satellite camps as the coaches are going to, you know, go across the country. They're going to hit up, you know, down south. They're going to be back down in Georgia. They're going to be down in Tennessee. Uh, They were going to be down in Texas. I don't know if they're still going to do that or not. But making different stops across the country as far as recruiting camps are concerned. And then, of course, coming back home to have their own camps. All the while positioning themselves to host guys on visits. Steve, you have done a great job of keeping track, keeping a list for fans to follow over on the MichiganInsider.com. So why don't you open us up with the, with the first week of the period, the big names that we are expecting on campus. So officially, 
two big names. Actually, I, I really actually feel like this turned out pretty good for Michigan. I think I think getting Micah Pollard and Hayden Schwartz up immediately in June uh, is a pretty big development for Michigan. We, we both, I think we feel like both are Michigan leans. You know, uh, I actually do have a crystal ball in for both guys. Uh, they've both been top targets. They were both offered by Michigan almost immediately. Uh, you know, there was that quick flurry of offers after the new defensive staff came on board. Both of these guys were involved in that flurry. Pollard has the connection to Braylon Edwards. He also looks like a perfect fit at that edge type spot that they're looking for, you know, as a as sort of a hybrid type deal. You know, Schwartz, I believe Michigan's the only official he has still set. I think that there was mention of Virginia, which maybe he set that one by now, but no other ones besides that. You know, two, to me, I know three-star guys, but really guys who have been top targets for Michigan basically since Mike McDonald and company uh, got to campus and two guys that, you know, feels like, because I think you guys, we I think we'd all be in agreement June, whether it's Michigan or not, I think kids are all over the country are going to be committing like crazy in June. And these are right. These are two guys that for Michigan feel like if things go well enough, it could be ones that Michigan eventually seals the deal on. Yeah. Bryce, I know you've been on both of those guys for a long time. Yeah. Both from Florida. I mean, Micah Pollard, I've said the story plenty times now, but when I went to go watch him, it wasn't him. It was Brandon Jennings, who was originally committed to Michigan, went on to Maryland. Um, and Micah Pollard, like Steve says, perfect fit off the edge. Michigan looked at him like a buck position. I, that was one uh, terminology, kind of where they look at him. Schwartz, they actually look at him as a versatile defensive lineman. They can move all the way down the, the line. I think that's interesting with him because right now he's only 6'4", 250. So I think they see him as a body that could get bigger could get maybe smaller. I'm not sure, but at least a guy that they can move around. And those are two guys, like I said, George Hilo, linebackers coach, got connections, plenty full down in Jacksonville, Florida. He's originally from the area and he's made those strong connections. And it's one where he's positioned Michigan well enough to, I wouldn't be shocked if those guys did decide to commit and pop that weekend. And like you said, Sam, I think we are going to see more commits happen earlier because Kids haven't got to experience any of this before for so long. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about – I defer to you on on Schwartz. Pollard, I'm feeling pretty good about. I'm, I'm about to jump in with you guys on that one for a few reasons. Number one, you guys have talked about the job that George Hilo has done recruiting. Like, I mean, they have been very persistent in that courtship. I, I want to say there isn't anyone recruiting Michael Pollard harder than, than Michigan. You have the Braylon – connection of course that is is very present and you can uh you can look at his experience as one to maybe seize upon as as helpful but there's another connection there as well you know that being the jacksonville area you had a guy in tyrone wheatley coached down there for a while and you know knows the pollards knows his dad uh, michael pollard's dad especially well um one of those deals where, hey, Morgan State offered Michael Pollard, but what you get to a certain point where you're at Morgan State, you're Tyrone Wheatley, you know, you aren't getting that kid, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's, that's not that's not happening. So, what do you do in that instance? And what one of the things that I've heard Tyrone Wheatley uh, has been doing is telling that kid, look, you should go to Michigan. 
Michigan has everything that you're looking for in a school. On the field, off the field, opportunity. It doesn't get any brighter. And to the point where, you know, he's been talking about timeline, encouraging him in some of their conversations. Like, look, why wait? You can you can look around and you can see schools that maybe have, uh, you know, maybe they've won a little more here lately, but do they give you the off-field aspects of it that you're really looking for and really focused on? And then at the same time, you know, do you believe in their trajectory? Do you believe in where they're headed? If you believe in that and you got the off-field piece, and I'm telling you there's, you know, everyone's going to have some complaints about their experiences that I, you know, I have a few complaints of my own, but I wouldn't tra- I wouldn't change it. It was an unbelievable experience for me, and I think it would be the same for you. So now you're getting it from Coach Hilo and the Michigan coaches. You're getting it, uh, I assume, from from Braylon. I'm playing, you know, uh, try to get back in touch with Braylon. I was gonna ha- try to get him on a podcast at one point. He said he was coming on. We'll see if we can get that uh, to happen. And Braylon has, you know, some teammates on the roster now. And, you know, and Ron Bellamy, Mike Hart, and Courtney Morgan. Uh, So you got to feel like that's an assist to the cause. And here you have Wheatley on the back end, who not coaching or playing at Michigan anymore, but still waving the flag when he has the opportunity. Those those things just add up. I'm not calling it a slam dunk, but I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty crystal ball-y right now. Uh, So I think I'm going to join the fold with you guys. But who else is on the docket there, Steve? You guys said that Carnell Tate. Is coming up, right? Yeah. That's the other really big one. Yeah, coming up he, on on the sixth. So yeah. that's what Sunday. Yep. Was he the first twenty three receiver? They he had to have been one of the two or three first guys they offered at that position, right? Yeah. Top one hundred. Now at IMG, even with that, feels Midwest still early on, right? We know the Ohio State offer made a big difference for him. He'll also be on in Columbus at some point. Uh, he'll also be up in South Bend. Notre Dame is the other school that's always been mentioned, but I feel like he's always wearing Michigan stuff. Like, you know, yeah, kind of don't feel like Michigan's getting as much of a shake in this one from from others as maybe they should be. They should be getting more. They should be getting more. A Windy City kid that is cool with JJ is cool with AJ. So he's cool with the Jays, right? And, you know, I asked him about favorites. And, dude, when I say he went on and on about how he has no favorites, and at one point, let me just let me just give you a little bit of a little bit of Carnell Tate here, real quick, talking about his favorites. Are there any schools sticking out for you at this point? Oh no, there's no schools sticking out for me. Like, yeah, the crystal ball can go. Like, I got crystal ball when I, as soon as I got the uh, Notre Dame offer. So that's kind of <laughs> so. <laughs> that was unsolicited, guys. He's like, hey, man, I'm not a Notre Dame lead at all. At all. Now, who knows? Will that will that Ohio State offer get him to the point where he's talking about, uh, you know, favorites more? I, I don't know. But I agree with you, Steve. I mean, I, I think people are under the mistaken impression that he's either a strong Notre Dame lead, which he – is vehemently opposed to uh, that being out there, or that this Ohio State offer is going to push him towards a quick decision. And he seemed to offer some pushback against that as well. He said he plans on vetting a lot of schools 
uh, seeing about sort of figuring out who can best position him for the NFL, who can develop him the best for the NFL. And that's different. That is a different measurement from who's winning titles, be they Big Ten or national titles, because that hasn't the two haven't been synonymous. So you want to talk about Ohio State, right? You would think it'd be a no brainer. But it's not like they've been killing the game as far as uh, high draft picks at receiver. They've had some. They've had a lot of receivers taken, but it's not like they've had a bunch of first rounders out there either. So, you know, something to be said for for that not being a slam dunk for for the Buckeyes. And he's a twenty three, right? So there's going there's some time here for this one. And oh, by the way, you know what? He so so opposed to that crystal ball. He was like, hey, put in a crystal ball for Michigan. I was like, man, I don't just, I don't just throw. <laughs> I was like, dude, I don't just throw in crystal balls like that. You know, it's, I, I, when I put in a crystal ball for a guy, I put in a crystal ball because I think that guy is going there. You just said you don't have any, you know, any favorites right now. He just said, man, I don't want it. I'm not, I'm not a lean to any team. So he didn't like that Notre Dame crystal ball. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, I kind of picked that up. <laughs> kind of picked that up. No, I, like you said, I mean, they got plenty of time. He's got connections. And I think the other big thing with him is Sharon Moore. Yep. Sharon Moore has been dominant in the state of Illinois. I mean, he's helped land Trevor Keegan, JJ, AJ, all these guys from there. And Tyler Moore is even the latest one. That's right. That's and right. So I think he's going to be a guy who comes to play. I know he moved down. He transferred down to IMG Academy. So I know he's going to have more of the Southern schools kind of chomping at the bits, but Michigan's still a major player. And like Steve said, I know it doesn't mean a lot, but he does seem to wear a lot of Michigan gear. And I don't know if that's just all he's got in his closet or what, but <laughs> that can't hurt, you know? And he said, um, he said that uh, when he gets back to the city, he's going to hook up with JJ. I imagine AJ will be in, in there as well. So, hey, man, one of those deals. Might J.J. make his way up to campus for the sixth? I wouldn't be surprised. That's the kind of thing that a J.J. McCarthy would do, right? To be on campus at that point, we'll see. I know they're coming up when Tyler Morris comes up. I know that. So, but might they make it up when Carnell Tate is on campus? That seems like... Steve, that seems like a J.J. McCarthy type thing to me. Oh, yeah. That's what recruiters do. You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> be, be pretty pretty something, though, for a kid two cycles, you know, afterwards to, to come up. And you talk about, you know, we've, we've said a lot of great things about J.J. and covering him. But, yeah, to come up for a kid, even if it's a local guy, but just to come up for somebody two cycles below you in your own free time, you know, again, still says a lot about his commitment to the university, the program, you know, and, and, and honestly trying to help build because Tate, I mean, he's a possible year one mm-hmm. kind of guy, you know, even though he is two cycles behind JJ might be looking at him saying, Hey, I might really be throwing you the ball, you know, if you came here, you know, right away. So definitely one you want to put all your, definitely one, you know, we've had him as a top target for months, definitely a guy you want to go all in on. And, and yeah, despite the IMG move, it does still feel like he's grab at least at this point, uh, gravitating more towards coming back up to the Midwest in some capacity. So, yeah, obviously a guy we're going to be talking a lot more about uh, as the month for the months to come. All right, and so obviously a huge visit month. We will be off next week uh, for the holiday, but 
this is why we're previewing next week's worth of visits. Uh, when we come back after that, we will start talking about the rest of the uh, the rest of the month. And maybe we'll just do it week by week. You know, the guys that are going to be on campus that week because it's going to be that it's going to be that hectic, that busy, uh, with some also some visit reflections. But it, I, I think we can't end this podcast without talking about another addition to the recruiting staff, as they added Sydney Sims to the recruiting staff, and our title is Director of Strategic Communication and Branding. And this is this picks up along those lines, Steve, sort of your reaction when they hired Courtney Morgan for the Director of Player Development, right? That he has a background in representation and, and branding. And so Michigan is really uh, lining up the lining up the resources for NIL when it takes effect to really, really push that in a in a in a real sort of planned out, well thought out sort of way, uh, maybe having an advantage over some of their contemporaries in that regard. I think one of her first tweets after being hired was uh, talking about a new Instagram update that allows you to check your reach uh, like a lot easier or something and said, athletes keep, you know, stay aware of this and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, this is where it's going, right. Is, is allowing all of these guys to maximize their platforms, their reach, everything, you know, and, and like I said, it, it feels like Michigan is among those on the forefront. Again, these, we talked a little bit last week. These are, this is a direction they probably really could have even gone earlier if they wanted to. Uh, but not just, I don't want better late than never sounds worse than what it really is, but, but sounds like that she was a really huge asset to Notre Dame. This is, this feels like a very under the radar, like a very, very big hire for Michigan. Uh, you know, we like you said, we talked about Courtney Morgan's uh, experience in the agent world and, and, and uh, you know, basically representing athletes, understanding that side of things. Now you talk about the social media side, the branding, you know, the building your platform type side. You know, again, it feels like it, Michigan has, is finally kind of modernizing the recruiting side of things and not just Man. putting a bunch on the plate of one or two people, you know, and I think, you know what I like Steve. And I, I think you may have made this reference before. So I don't, I'm not taking credit. I'm, I'm crediting you. I think you might've said they need to be proactive, not reactive. Big time. And this is, this is that right. They're being proactive like with, with the way that they're attacking uh, this, you know, setting up the, the resources, as I said, for name, image, likeness, and, and sort of forming a, a real recruiting staff where there's a true delineation of, of duties uh, that I think will really position them to maybe have an early advantage. I think you said this is where we're going. I think, every, you know, all the big schools will get there eventually. But as soon as it hits, Michigan is pu- putting itself in a position to be able to hit the ground running, to be able to use NIL as a resource or as a recruiting tool. Big time. I mean, this is, you know, we, like we said last week, Michigan is in a position to, yeah, to be among the top, if not the, the, the top, as far as when you talk about the massive alumni base, social media reach already, you know, we've, we've talked about it for a long time. If they could, if they could just put together a great season on the field, you know, it feels like all of the elements are there for them to really explode. I still do. I still really do feel like Michigan, Texas, a couple others are those few schools that USC that can can get into that top tier 
that we've seen. We've seen the same like five or six schools sort of separate themselves on the recruiting trail every year. I think there are a handful of other programs in the country that can get there. I think Michigan's one. And like I said, I think Michigan from with all the other stuff has positioned themselves to take advantage. Now they just got to do it on the field. You know, I think, I think that's really what it's come down to and what it's, it's what it's come down to for a while now. So, yeah. So really, really good stuff. Yeah. Bryce, you got, you did a story earlier this week. We'd be remiss if we didn't mention this also on the way out. You, you got a couple crystal balls you're close to. I mentioned, I'm about to take the plunge with, with Micah Pollard. You got any others you're about to jump in on? I got a few, and I sprinkled in one interesting one on the basketball front. I don't want to go into details. I'll release that later this week, but just be on the lookout for that. And I want to point out one thing with, you know, the new addition, Mrs. Sims. When Notre Dame, she came from Notre Dame. So one of the things I noticed on Twitter right away is, Sam, I know, you know, you'd be cruising your Range Rover and going down 94, listening to Cool and the Gang. I know how I you are. I don't have a Range Rover. <laughs> just to, oh. be, just to oh. be clear. Just to be clear, I don't have a Range Want a Range Rover, don't have a Range Rover. But go ahead. Proceed. So I noticed this on Twitter, but let's just say, you know, you're driving down 94. You look up. You see a billboard. It says Bryce Marich. Twitter handle. That's what Notre Dame did with Lorenzo Styles. There's a billboard up, and I'm looking at the tweet right now that says, I'm from Ohio, and I chose Notre Dame. And it has this Twitter tag right, right. on it with those. his name and his picture up in the stadium at Notre Dame. That's the sort of, you know, initiative, and that's the thinking process that I think she's going to bring to the table and help with that name, image, and likeness sort of thing. So I think she's going to be a – she's a big addition. It's one not to overlook with this recruiting staff that they put together. But, yeah, in terms of crystal balls, I got a few possibly coming, but the big one is coming on the basketball front, a kid I really like, and I think a kid you like as well, Sam. Absolutely. I I get it. I don't want to steal that thunder, though. Just look out for that over on the MichiganInsider.com where, look, if you were on the fence, now – now recruiting is really heating up. I mean, and you could get the month of June for a buck, a dollar, get you in. And when we say keep it buck with you, we really mean we're keeping it buck with you. Like a like our true buck, a dollar gets you into the MichiganInsider.com for the first month, of course. And once you're in, you see the inside intel, whether it be on recruiting or on the team, at the forefront of things, we'll be right there, ready to go especially as you have kids coming to campus, coaches out at camps, and commitments we think likely to occur in this month. Just go to the MichiganInsider.com. Go ahead and get signed up. As for this podcast, if you like it, be sure to rate it and review it. As always, tell your friends about it. They can find it on whatever podcast platform they like. And as for us, remember, we will be out next week. No podcast episode next week. But in two weeks, we'll be right back here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.